welcome to Overcoming, the podcast to support you in your healing, growth, and overcoming journey. My name is Taylor, I am your host, and I'm here to support you through tools, resources, and also shared lived experiences to inspire you to take back your life regardless of life's messiness. I am also a doctor of occupational therapy, certified trauma professional, and survivor who's been healing for years to remind you that anything is possible. Before we get started, I want to remind you that there is a trigger warning present throughout this entire podcast just due to the heavy nature of trauma and also shared stories from our guests. Additionally, this is for educational purposes only. Make sure that you are checking out and going to see your medical providers and psychology professionals for individualized advice. Again, take care of yourself. If you need crisis resources, they are on my website. You can also contact the emergency services. And now that all of that is out of the way, I invite you to take some deep breaths, ground yourself, and join me in this overcoming journey. All right. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Overcoming the Podcast. Today, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Emily Stearman, and I connected with her on Instagram, and I get this vibe of just authenticity. I'm showing up how I am. She's a survivor, and it's just something that I very much resonated with, so I was like, girl, we got to chat. So I'm going (laughs) to pass it over to her to introduce herself, and then we'll get going. Oh, hello. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a, um, happy mail, happy DM to get on Instagram. Like I think of Steve on blues clues, like we just got a letter. <laughs> That's, that was the feeling what, that I had when I read your message. I'm so and Steve is back. Have you I seen? Know. I, we needed it. The world needed, we that needed him. I didn't realize how much that inner child needed Steve from blues clues, but right. here we are. <laughs> it's I how it. it happened. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I'm just really glad that we connected exactly like what you said. We found each other, I think a little bit by accident on Instagram Yeah, and, um, I've learned so much from you and I, uh, I also really love your authenticity. So I'm just, yeah, we're here. We're sitting in the shit. We're here yeah. to do it, to go through it. I am a survivor. Um, I'm a childhood sexual abuse survivor as well as, uh, I guess complex trauma as, mm-hmm kind of the, the diagnosis that I feel like fits me best. Yeah. Um, I've been in therapy for my trauma for just about a year, um, which okay. is like freaking hard. <laughs> if if you've is. ever, if you've ever gone to therapy for your trauma specifically, like therapy period is hard. Mm-hmm. You get so much credit, so much support. I'm so proud of you. Uh, I just, in my experience and personally in my life, the therapy that I did for um, other things other than trauma, it's been on a different level. My trauma therapy has, uh, opened up old wounds and like held the mirror up in front of me. And I just can't look away. Like there are so many really difficult facets of trauma therapy. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I've just been in my healing journey, I guess, for the last Mm -hmm. like year plus, um, I have two children. I'm a, I'm married and a mom and I love my kids but parenting is also hard as hell when you are a childhood sexual abuse survivor. There's a sure. lot of reparenting that I've had to do mm. throughout that process. Yeah. A lot of recognizing my own triggers and trying to figure out, okay, is this a trigger that I'm experiencing? Is little M needing this or do my kids need this? Mm. And I feel like that's a daily uh, experience. 
That's powerful awareness though, that you're already like a year into therapy and you're like, is this me or is this my kids? What? <laughs> that's amazing. That's a huge breakthrough. It, hard, I, it is. hard, but it, it's powerful. So I want to commend yeah. you on that. Cause that's, that's a hard realization to make. Oh, thank you. Yes. I love it. We celebrate the wins here. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. You have to. I mean, they're sometimes they feel so small. You're like, I just yes. I have to, it's like yep. that mindset shift. Like it's so easy <clears throat> and it's okay to get, like you said, like stuck in the shit, right? Yeah. Like, it's okay to have those down times. And you know what? Like you brought up a really good point. Like healing is triggering. Yep. It, is. it really is. It Literally, brings up it so is. much more <laughs> to heal. You have to go back to the, to the heartache. Like yeah. it is voluntarily going to that place that broke your heart, that devastated yeah. you, that impacted your brain, that gave a, your brain a literal injury. Mm -hmm. So again, trauma therapy, if you're working through any trauma, you're a rock star. What um, kind of therapy do you do? Like are the different so, approaches your therapist uses? Yeah. So we have done, um, a lot of inner child work. I respond really well to inner child work. Awesome. I also really love just talk therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, We've done some, uh, like interval training, I guess is what okay. she calls it, mm -hmm. uh, which is essentially just like letting the trauma come up and breathing through it, feeling through it. Like almost honestly, yeah. it feels like labor to me. Like it's a contraction. We ah. go through, we breathe through the heartache, we let it come and then we breathe out and we come back to our bodies and like, I'm safe wow. again. Some um, EDMR. Um, yeah, those are the biggest modalities. I, I kind of have latched onto inner child work. Um, okay. I like that though. Yeah. That's, that's, that's also, I mean, I know it's like psychology, but I'm a spiritual person too. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah. that's also spiritual. So yes. yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's great. And I love how you're using different modalities too. And like yeah. finding out what works and you know, what works one day might not work the next. Yes. You know, that in mine, true. I, you know, so I was kind of, I had been in therapy before. Um, so a little bit of my story. So my parents divorced when I was around 15, 16, and yeah. then there was like triangulation, narcissism, all kinds of mm. stuff. And so it was heavy abuse. And I was blamed as the kid for all this. So this was fun, but we went to court mandated therapy. So I did that mm. when I was like 16 Yeah, and then made progress and got dismissed. Cause they're like, well, if you're not going to sit down with your dad, then, you know, we, we can't can really do anything so for much. You. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not happening. So, so that happened. And then, um, I was assaulted as an adult when I was 22 and immediately I went into therapy. Um, I couldn't function. Like I was very, very bad. Um, PTSD and my traumas from childhood linked. And so I was diagnosed with acute stress disorder mm -hmm. and at first, and then later PTSD as I was working through things and it got chronic. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah. I didn't do any kind of, I, I feel like it was like, I don't even know what type of therapy I did. I did a lot of like talk therapy and a lot of reflection, but like yeah. there was no structure. I yeah. feel like at that time I was so raw, I couldn't handle the structure mm -hmm. and then pandemic hits five years later and you <laughs> what know, even what even so disrespectful, so disrespectful. And all the stress comes up and the stress alone, your body being in that state is a trigger, right? So a lot Absolutely. of people regressed in their healing as far as like, you know, things being triggered again and that kind of thing. And so that's where I was, I was laid off from my job and trying to start my business. And then also mm. I was at a five-year trauma anniversary of the sexual assault that I didn't process and was 
offered to do EMDR back in the day. And it was from a guy and I was abused by a guy and it was this big guy. Mm -hmm. And it was enough where I wasn't comfortable around men. And I ran out of the room and they also told me, you're going to have to go all the way back to things with your dad. And I was like, nope, I'm out and never looked back. Yeah. But I actually, for about this last year, started diving deeper into therapy and the things that helped me were EMDR, Mm -hmm. EMDR, that reprocessing of everything. And, um, you know, there were some things I wasn't able to get into, but the stuff that I did were like the deep attachment wounds. And we did a lot of like inner child stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it really is like, sometimes you're actually doing something more structured. And then sometimes you're just kind of like talking and, you know, they're supporting you through it. Right. So I love, you know, I love hearing about people's therapy journeys because it's always different. There's either people who just completely avoid it. And it's like, absolutely not. Or people who like wake up to trauma in their like older adult years. Right. And so you're just recognizing, oh my gosh, this is happening. Like, you know, in your twenties or thirties, you're waking up to this or when you start having kids or, you know, whatever it is, and then you decide what you're going to do with it. Or you're someone who's been proactive the whole time, you know, it's just, and there's nothing wrong with any of it. And I think one thing that I was thinking too, is like, there's for people, like there can be the stigma of it's shameful to go to therapy. And, you know, that's how I was raised. And it was a manipulation tactic, obviously, to keep me unhealthy and controlled. But, you know, it, it, the whole connotation in society is that, well, you're, you're unstable. If you're in therapy, you have the problem, like, you know, and when really it's, it's a support and it's a help and it can get worse before it gets better. But as someone who is now on the other side of it, it's so worth it. It really really is. is. It's so, it so changes, it. changes so much. I love, um, what you discussed about what therapy has looked like for you because, mm-hmm. uh, shame, I talk all about shame. That's, that's my life. That is what mm-hmm. I do because, uh, I was one of those people who woke up to my trauma. Um, I didn't remember a lot of it until I was married and mm-hmm. with a, with a human being who I, was pretty open and vulnerable with. And it got to the point where I couldn't keep picking and choosing the vulnerability. I had to Mm -hmm. face it all myself. And, and I chose to share it with my spouse because he is a trustworthy person, but, um, Mm -hmm. the shame of my experiences has kept me quiet. It's kept me from speaking up and it's kept me from reaching out. It's kept me from seeking the support. Mm -hmm. And there are still moments in my therapeutic journey where I can't do heavy days. I can't do the processing. I can't do the intervals or Mm -hmm. the revisiting of stuff. I just have to talk. And I still feel shame of that sometimes when I'm like, you know, I have the tools when I'm having Mm -hmm. these conversations with myself, I have the tools. I could go to this place. Like I'm talking on the internet. I'm, I'm, I have a podcast all about this. I have a business where I coach people all about how to work through their shame and their, um, their, their feeling of they're alone and they're bad, you know, how to overcome that and work through that. And here I am still feeling those things. And it's just proof yeah. that we really have never, I don't think we will ever reach a healed place. Nope. I think we are heal, healing, healed, like yes. certain things are, could be healed within us, but I don't think overall we'll ever be this fully actualized healed person. I think that will be no. the ultimate, um, hope and direction that I take in my life. Mm-hmm. That will be like my long-term goal. That will be what I hope to be remembered by is that I healed my shit Yeah, <laughs> because I believe fully that when we heal our stuff, we help the others around us who are one needing to heal theirs or mm-hmm. two, just 
watching our example and seeing how we process things, how we deal with things, how we cope. Yes. Um, Like breaking patterns for people, just you, like you are like, you know, that change maker, you are breaking like that generational trauma just by showing up and taking the burden of healing. It's like for all the people around you. Right. And sometimes that's what it takes. And it's like, why me? I'm tired. <laughs> like I'm freaking tired. Yes. I can't oh even tell gosh. you how many times I've just screamed into the sky. Yeah. Like, why does this always happen to me? Why am I the one who has to see all the dysfunction? Why am I the yes. one who gets blamed for everything? Like, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you. Mm-hmm. But and you I- know, it, once you get out of that victim mindset, it's, it's empowering to be yeah. able to be the one to take back the power to take back your life. Like to me, there's nothing like that. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I get to decide my life's going to be like, not these people who abused me. I I get to decide. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to let them control my responses and my emotions for the rest of my life. And they're not even around. Screw that. Like, no, (laughs) you know? So, you know, I I love what you said too, about like, I do this, I help people. And I, I, you know, I'm, I'm the same way I coach people. I have courses. I, you know, like I have a podcast, like it's, it's interesting because, you know, that's why this podcast is overcoming. It's like that consistent, right? We know that there's things that are going to come up, but I think that where you and I resonate so much is just, you just got to own it sometimes. And sometimes the best thing you can do is be like, it sucks. It's hard. It sucks so bad. That's all I can do. I posted (laughs) a reel. So, you know, I had some deep, deep triggers that I hadn't faced in a long time. And, um, I basically just down to like my basic security was shake, shooken, shaken. What is that? Wow. I would say my brain shook, shook, shook. Shook. All right. Anyway, (laughs) my brain's fun right now. And, um, you know, we're just owning our shit. (laughs) And and so I, I was having a hard time even getting out of bed. And it was to the point where like my Instagram was starting to gain some traction and people were like, Oh my gosh, I'm so drawn to you. And I'm just like, I can't keep up right now. I'm yeah. so overwhelmed. And I literally sat the camera down. I'm like, you know, I'm going to show just ba- what I do when I can barely get out of bed and with the journaling or whatever. And it turned into me just sobbing, not expecting this to come out just like heavy sobbing and, you know, like trying to convince myself I wasn't crazy. And I ended up just like recording it. And I showed piece of it. I was like, you know, this is what I can give you right now. This is what I have. And I can't even tell you how many people messaged me and were like, thank you for showing that this is the part that no one shows. And it's so frustrating because we are all there. Right. So I kind of want to focus on, you know, the kind of theme of sitting in your shit, like what it's like, Um, you know, when there's shame, when there's all the stuff, when you have all the tools and you have everything, but you're like, what really is, you know, what am I going to do right now? I could, but I don't want to, I'm exhausted. (laughs) Right. So in those moments, what, what do you do? Well, actually the biggest, um, hill hurdle mountain that I have been facing in overcoming is first recognizing I did not recognize or understand or think that I was experiencing trauma. I didn't recognize the abuse. It was just normal. It was just the pattern of my life. It was a pattern of my childhood and of my family. Mm -hmm. And it's also really heartbreaking because I don't know a single person. I've never met a single person who is all good and all bad. I've never met a single person who is uh, doing a really fantastic job 
a hundred percent of the time. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, recognizing that I came from people who really tried and who did love me, who do love me, Mm -hmm. but also who caused me my deepest wounds. My deepest pain came from abuse. I, I experienced as a kid in my family. Um, and then also, you know, as a childhood sexual abuse survivor, I was abused by multiple people, all people my family knew. Hmm. I just never knew how to express this deep love I had for my family. Um, but also the deep hatred I had for them because they hurt me so much because I experienced so much pain as a child in that family of dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And then as I grew and I dated pieces of shits, uh, not all of the people I dated were pieces of shit, but most of them were, there was a very strong piece of shit theme and, um, there, yeah. (laughs) And, and honestly, you know, I guess that's even unfair of me to say, because they were probably just also really hurting, not not excusing mm-hmm. the abuse because abuse is never okay. We never yeah. excuse it. Uh, just uh, recognizing though, that the people I dated also were hurting and they chose to hurt other people like that TikTok yes. thing that was going around yes. hurt people, hurt people. Yep. So uh, overcoming for me has looked like acknowledging has looked like sitting mm. down and going, you know what, this happened. It happened to me. It happened to a real human being. And it doesn't have to meet like the, the criteria of all these other survivors that I've been inspired by and Mm -hmm. taken, uh, notes from all my life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be so bad that it makes everybody cringe. I don't even have to tell everybody. There's a lot that I don't tell anyone that that I write in my journal or that I tell my husband or my therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I do share some of my abuse on the internet and some of my healing, but sometimes when I'm like, man, am I saying too much? I just look at like the stacks of notes I have in my phone like the pages and pages and pages and yeah. pages of all the stuff I'm not sharing. And I go, okay, yeah. no, I'm good. You're I'm like, good, I'm doing good. I'm, I'm good feeling ratio. good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Love it. but, but yeah, so acknowledging has been huge for me. Uh, I know that we are supremely good at gaslighting ourselves because because that's how have... people maintained the abuse for us. So that's all we exactly. knew. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and a lot of my abuse was came from um, like this idea of like, we're doing our best. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of it was like, um, I don't know if I, I grew up religious. So there's like the sin of commission and then the sin of omission and the omission is like what you don't do. So a lot of my trauma came from what didn't happen as a kid. Like, uh, what, what I wasn't given or what I wasn't, um, taught or Mm -hmm. showed. And a lot of that was just like healthy coping, like Mm -hmm. how to have an argument, without it turning into a volcanic eruption, right? Yes. Um, how to deal with uh, the really strong cognitive dissonance between I love this person, but I don't like how they treat me. Mm-hmm. That was no, none of that was modeled. And a lot of it, again, yeah. was just like the culture. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it was exactly like what you said. Everybody just kind of, that's just what we were all shown. And so we've all yeah. just been shown this and then we all just keep doing it. That's how I envision shame. That's how mm-hmm. I teach shame getting past is we all just kind of like look around and go, Oh, so they hate their bodies today. So I'm going to hate my body today. Like yeah. we all, we are just like, some of us are giving it. Some of us are picking it up. Some of us are creating it. Some of it's passed down through generations and familial lines, like yep, all of this. So when I get into those points of, um, like gaslighting myself and I'm like, Oh, and it's not that bad. 
I'm, I'm reminded that uh, I get to decide how much it impacted me. Little M gets to decide. Mm-hmm. And little M has been pretty clear on how heartbroken a lot of things made her. She's yeah. also been really clear on there's, there's some really bright spots in my life and in my childhood. There are yeah. some really phenomenal people, some really phenomenal experiences. Um, and that's great. But I was only ever shown how to live in that phenomenal place. I was only ever pushed to be happy, mm-hmm. to be thankful, to show gratitude, to, to pray for it to be gone, yeah. um, to recognize that other people had it worse. Mm-hmm. And I was never shown how to sit with the true heartache, the, the abuse, the yeah. really devastating things that were done to me and given to me. Mm-hmm. I was not shown how to do that. So uh, I, I protected myself really proud of myself for protecting myself. I yeah. buried that shit down and I didn't, uh, I didn't focus on it. I didn't think about it. I yeah. knew it was there. Like it was, it, it felt, um, in my chest, that's where it sat in my body, my mm-hmm. chest and my stomach. Um, and it was like murky, kind of like sand and water mm-hmm. didn't really have a shape, but it was still very present. Yep. And, um, I lived with that for a long, long time. And then when I was 20, one, I got 22, I got married and that's when it all started. That's when I started to, um, have, I guess my reassociation is how I've heard it phrased. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It feels like I finally woke up to the trauma. Um, and yeah. The abuse. yeah. And, um, I am still, so that was seven years ago that I started remembering. Mm-hmm. I am still to this day, uncovering memories. I'm still like, yeah. I feel like a like a paleontologist, like dusting off the dinosaur bones. I've got yeah. my little duster. Oh, mm-hmm. that was a good memory. Oh, that was not a good memory, you know? Yes. Um, yes. And so again, so much of my overcoming has been allowing myself to just sit there and dust the bones off without mm-hmm. any judgment, without rushing to put it in the happy category in the, yeah. it's okay. It wasn't that bad. I was fine. I made it through or the, this is the worst thing that ever happened to me. And these people are terrible and awful and wrong. Just sitting with it, like overcoming looks like allowing it to just show up, Yeah, you know, because for so long, my brain, my heart, my mind, you know, uh, was saying, Hey, and there's some stuff that you haven't looked at. You want to come over here and look at it. And I was like, hell no, I don't want to look at it. Mm -hmm. And I shut that door again and again and again. And so honestly, it's a level of like rebuilding trust with myself um, of saying, okay, I, I decide today, I'm going to go open that door and I'm going to look at those bones. We're going to sit and we're going to dust some off and I'm not going to be harsh to myself. I'm not going to be cruel to myself. I'm not going to gaslight myself. I'm just going to sit with the bones and let them tell me their story. And that has built a lot of trust with myself that has helped Ah. little M come to me more and say, okay, big M here's another memory that you didn't want me to ever show you. So, but I'm going to show you now because you're telling me that you're ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know this like sounds, sometimes I talk about it. Well, no, here's the thing. Anyone here who's listening, they'll they'll understand or they will by the end of these things. These are things that I mean, in trauma, there's so many things. It's like, wow, I feel crazy doing this. Like I really do. And I don't know. But it works, but it helps all the compartmentalization and like talking to these parts that are hurt and bringing in the parts that are strong right now and are, you know, have evolved and see things differently. Like that is what personally helped me was bringing my healed of more healed evolved self into Into, memories. Yes. And seeing it differently. Taking mm-hmm. the full knowledge and scope that you have now and sitting yeah. with that little person that you once were and going, Hey, you're a rock star. We're going to yeah. talk about this and teaching yeah. them. Like that was so impactful. Cause for a long time for me too, um, I remember being in junior high, I remember in a textbook, uh, it was a health 
a health textbook, like for health class, Mm -hmm. I remember reading the word molesting or molestation and thinking, Oh, and like, it was like a click in me knew that that that's what it had been called. I mean, it's abuse Mm -hmm. and sexual abuse, but I remember reading that word going, that's what happened to me. Hmm. and then but like slamming that door shut again you're like nope like, nope, nope, uh, nope 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 it did not none of did those not. memories none of those memories yeah. go away yeah um so uh, exactly like what you said though you know taking the the healed parts of ourselves to those hurting mm-hmm. parts is truly like we we heal ourselves like it's in it's incredible how we do we get the support therapy is wonderful books are wonderful conversations like this are wonderful mm-hmm. um you know other things that you would do like spiritual things physical things emotional things all those things are great journaling yep. ride in your bike do it if that if mm-hmm. it feels right do it mm-hmm. uh but recognize fully that you help yourself like on the timeline of your life if you think it's chronological, great. Uh, I know that like, I've been talking to some people who are like, it's like, it feels like more like quantum theory, like Ant-Man and like Marvel universe. Like we're all happening at the same time, you know, however you want to believe it. I just know that for me, I have literally sat with little M who was five years old and beginning her experience with childhood sexual abuse. Yeah. I have sat with that child and I have held her while she wept. And mm-hmm. I will not ever have to justify that to anyone because I'm the one who experienced that. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. again, exactly like what you're saying, you know, if, it might seem crazy, but if it feels right in your gut, if it's lining up, if it feels yeah. like what you have felt like in the past when something felt right, if mm-hmm. it feels that same way, uh, then it's probably important for you. It's probably going to yeah. help you in your overcoming. Well, and, and basically what you brought up is just cognitive restructuring. Yeah it, you know, it, it feels different, but like, that's like a huge fancy term and like trauma right now. It's a big step to healing trauma is going back to things and being able to not only see things more objectively and bring your, you know, yourself back to kind of support that, go through those memories, but it's also like processing it through your adult lens now through whatever lens you have. Right. And, and you can recognize that it is, both and, you know, so it is both the happy and the sad. They tried as hard as they could and they really hurt me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's okay. And actually I personally think that it's really powerful to have that. And, you know, that's something that I have with my family. Like, you know, my biological father was a whole other level of overt narcissism. And that's something that's just not forgivable to me because he intentionally like took pleasure in my pain and like manipulated me for fun, like a puppet. But my mom who, you know, I had no contact with for a while and we're kind of working things out ish. Um, she just kind of ignored things. She shut down. She, you know, so things were happening in the house and I, no one knew until I was 15. And I I don't know that there was necessarily sexual abuse, but I did not feel safe. There was physical abuse. There was psychological manipulation, all that stuff. And I still don't remember things from nine years old and earlier, you know? So it's like, I know that there, you know, I know I felt uncomfortable. I know that I was triggered. I know these things, but I also know that my mom was so overloaded. She did everything she could to take care of the family and do everything physical because my dad was a lazy piece of crap and, you know, keep things physically going. But then emotionally she couldn't be there for her kids. Yeah. And she never learned, like you were talking about that emotional regulation, those coping skills that have those hard conversations, what she does, she just shuts down. She acts like things don't bother her and she gets passive aggressive and she'll criticize you and take it out on you and poke at you and try to control your life because she wishes she controlled her own. And it's hurtful, 
but that's all she knows. And so, you know, and having those hard conversations is like this, this is hurtful. And she'll even shut down and be like, I'm not selfish. I don't do this. I'm like, well, you do. And, you know, but again, I I look back and it's generational patterns of, well, this is what they did. And this is what they did. And it's like, it makes a lot of sense when you put it all together. So can you, can you blame them? (sighs) Maybe not. And I also kind of feel like, you know, sitting with their inner child, like what yes. would that be like if you were oh sitting? Oh my gosh, yes. And that's that's so hard and complex. And some people are like, oh no, screw that. I don't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Like you that, you yeah. don't have to, right? But just you know, as you kind of evolve and you're healing, and you've been doing more and more. That's something for me that it's like, you know, with my mom, I had this really like best friend vibe. I felt like, but I also was like trying to get attention that I never got. Mm, and deep down, yeah. there was this like emotional abandonment when I was looking for safety, and the other parent wasn't there. Yeah. That emotionally was so shut out. Right. And so it's like, I was really upset with her for a very long time for that. And even like criticizing me and trying to control me as an adult and like, and again, not even recognizing she did it, but you know, it's like, I see this scared child shut down, not knowing any better that if you just be quiet, you act like it didn't happen. It doesn't bother you. Mm-hmm. you know? And so then, you know, when you're living for 16 years and married to an overt narcissist who is just a miserable person, yeah. what else are you going to do? But also knowing that your kids are kind of messed up from that mm-hmm. and having to own that. But, you know, a lot of people in my family, especially no one goes to therapy. No one no. wants to admit anything happened. Why would we do that? <laughs> Why would we I'm go I'm English to and German. So, you know, we're all what? work. We don't just talk about eat, things, eat your feelings and, mm-hmm. uh, just like never talk about it. That's Ever. great. And Let's if you do, do you're a threat and how dare you. And it's literally like, I have, yeah, I've had family members who are very upset. I'm even sharing things on here and I'm like, yeah. well, someone's got to change things. Someone's got to yeah. help people, you know? And so it's, it's just interesting because it is that kind of parallel in healing where, you know, like you said, like it's all the things and just holding space Mm -hmm. for all parts. And that's, that's hard. That's really hard. And that's really heavy. And because we want someone to blame, right. We want to be angry. We want to like, you know, we want to scream. We want to cry. We want, you know, just they get justice or whatever it is, but it's just, it's not as simple as that, especially within complex trauma. Yes. And it's really frustrating because, um, sometimes, that's what we deserve. Sometimes that's what we deserve there. It just, we deserve there to be somebody to blame because we mm-hmm. were hurt. We were taken advantage of, we were, uh, abused. We were neglected. We were abandoned. Like there is, if you're sitting here, if, if you're taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast, then it's probably cause it resonates with you. And you're probably like, yeah. Hey, yeah, some part of me really hurts too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the most liberating while also being really frustrating, but more liberating thing that I've learned is to give that to myself, mm-hmm. to give that you were wronged. Mm-hmm. It was not okay. Yeah. Uh, like flipping tables kind of energy to myself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and exactly like what you're saying to kind of be the person who brings that into your family. I, I won't say that I'm the only person in my family. Cause I have, um, siblings who are also doing some work, but mm-hmm. to be, a huge part of that to be, yeah. to be a main player in bringing that change and that real, uh, releasing of that generational trauma. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege for sure, but yeah. it's also hard as hell. It is. So, um, in this journey as in this conversation of overcoming, 
I, again, just want to point out like what you said earlier, there's going to be hard days. There's going to be days where you feel like you're Jack on the Titanic, like arms out, wind blowing, pretty music playing. Mm -hmm. And then there's other days where you're going to be crumbled up on a chair crying because you feel like everything has fallen around you and you don't know who you are. You're going to question yourself. You're going to doubt yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to go back to those old, like, maybe it's not that big of a deal. Maybe I'm the problem. Those thoughts Mm -hmm. are going to resurface. Yep. Um, I try really hard to write down my feelings when I'm feeling good so that Mm -hmm. I can go back to them and be reminded of them when Mm -hmm. I am crying in a chair when I'm having those hard days. And you know, sometimes it's one day after another, like one day you're on top of the world. The next one, you're right at the bottom. You're like, how I was just happy. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's just processing through a lot of this. And now it feels like I'm back to square freaking freaking Mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And that literally it's like a cycle. It's a cyclical nature. Like when you allow the trauma to come up, when you allow yourself to be a trusting person Mm -hmm. and you go through those reframing steps, when you sit with those heart heartbreaking experiences, uh, there are, I think there are times where I have to revisit memories multiple, multiple times before I have figured out how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a one and done. Like we really, again, oh, no. we, we glamorize everything, including healing. It's like one day we made this really inspirational video and put it on the internet with this really pretty song. And like, everybody thinks, wow, they're self-actualized. I want to be like them. Actually, yeah. no, I'm, I'm eating pizza over the sink, like a rat, because it's the first meal I've had, because I've had a literal breakdown in my bedroom mm-hmm. and my husband took the kids to the park because I can't function right now, you know? Yeah. Um, and like just the, the constant, I guess it's a constant pressure, a constant buzzing in my mm-hmm. ear is the way of it. I like to describe it of, uh, how, what are we going to do with these emotions today? Like, how am I going to deal? Wh- where am I going to put these today? Am I going to mm-hmm. like tackle them or am I just going to let them sit and I'm yeah. going to do the best I can with what I have? Yeah. Like that, that's really what overcoming is. It's not like the yes. pretty inspirational. Yes. Those are fun. Those are great. We love a good glow up. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, I got, and it's, an, it's like inspiring yeah. to yourself. Like I've done so many things. I'm yeah. like, Oh, looking back at my own progress. That's what helps me keep going. Yes. I feel like, um, you know, and like, I'm, I'm the same way, like on my social media stuff, I share the highs, but you know, you also have to share the lows. And again, yeah. we look at social media through a filter. We see what we want to mm. see. And also we post what we want to post. Yes. So do we want to post us being vulnerable all the time? Do we want to post? <laughs> yes. Like, no, I Having mean, a... I'm an open book. That's just how yeah. I am. But most people that's like, you know, that's not fun. That's not comfortable. Yeah. And you know, so then people are looking like, Oh, like I can't be there. There's no way I'll get there. Like they, they don't see like, the ebbs and flows and the humanness behind it all. You just see the highlight reel. Yeah. So remember that, you know, yeah. that, and even people who aren't talking about, even to their friends, like doesn't mean yes. people haven't been through stuff. Yes. That has been the most eye-opening experience since I've shared my journey with shame and abuse, mm-hmm. since I've been real vocal about it, since I've started my podcast, I get messages and emails every single day from people I have never met. And from people I have known my entire life saying, Hey, I have this really, um, tender, important to me, heartbreakingly serious experience. And they share it with me or they share pieces of it with me. Mm -hmm. And I am continually floored by one people's resilience. They're just badass grit, their Mm -hmm. determination to keep going, to keep trying to wake up another day and try again and give themselves grace while doing so. But also trauma does not look like one person. 
Abuse does not look like one face. It, we don't have uh, very many mm-hmm. physical characteristics in common at all. We all are going through something. Yep. Um, and this opening up of this discussion, this like discord, mm-hmm. I feel like it's <clears throat> it's on one hand incredibly empowering, but also it's incredibly draining. Like I have to remind myself to keep myself in check. Yes. I can't go help 15 people with their shame and their trauma today mm-hmm. and then expect myself to just bounce back and like do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and you gotta so, set those boundaries for sure. And yeah. be honest about it. Be like, hey, human healing moment. This is what's yes. going on. That's Most great. people understand, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get you. But like, as people are opening up to me and sharing their stories and we're connecting and we're making these bridges and we're building new healing neurotransmitting pathways in our brain. And we're going, Hey, this part of my brain, you're loved this part of my heart. You're doing great. We have to remember that in all of this work, it is literally like what you said, revisiting the pain. Mm-hmm. And so when the pain shows up, we have to, we have to use compassion and kindness and recognize we're all going through it. Let's be kind, you know, let's be gentle. Let's be grace filled. Let's give each other some slack. And when Mm -hmm. you're not going through it, when you're having like a kick-ass day, when you are on top of the world, Mm -hmm. you're having one of those Jack on the Titanic moments. Mm -hmm. Um, I always try to give a little to somebody to maybe help them like to give a little more energy, to give a little bit of a kickstart, like a boost, because Mm -hmm. I know that there are people who do that for me on my down days on my same on my sitting with the bones days, you know? Mm -hmm. So absolutely pretty much what I'm trying to explain is overcoming is not one thing and it's not one feeling and it's not one answer. Nope. It's It's pretty much all at once. (laughs) Yeah. I have no like easy, like five things to know. Oh, it's not be overcoming. Yeah. It's not supposed to be at all. And that's, you know, and I love that. You're just like, it's not, it's not. And that's, that's exactly it. That's the whole freaking point. Ding, ding, ding. You figured out the podcast (laughs) you win. Like it it really is. It's, it's everything and nothing all at once. Right. I mean, it's just, that's, it's life. It's, it's life. It's, it's like sometimes the stress for me, it's like, when everything is happening all at once or nothing is happening at all. Right. Oh my gosh. Still yes. overcoming and yes. all, you know, it's, it's a continuous process for humans. We're growing, we're learning, we're overcoming, even if we're like, so even if we're not even processing like trauma memories anymore, and we're at this point where we're like, still working on like our beliefs or whatever it is that still was holding on from trauma. Yeah. We're still going to have those times where we're going to hit a new level and a new level and a new level. And we're just going to keep growing and growing and growing and growing. And that's just what we do as human beings. And if we're not, then maybe we're doing it wrong. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed yeah. to evolve. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to adapt. We're supposed to connect and connect within and connect with others. Like all yeah. of this together that is all overcoming. That's, you know, it is just the process of moving forward no matter what. And sometimes that's taking 10 steps back, but you're still going to be going forward. You know what I mean? And so one of the things like the tools in those moments, so I'm an occupational therapist and it's a lot about in the rehab professions, like kind of in the same realm of like physical therapy and speech therapy, it's about like rehab. And so for occupational therapy, it's just essentially anything that takes up time, what's meaningful, important to someone's daily life. Okay. So it could be something as like getting dressed if someone has a stroke, but it could also be like talking to a trauma survivor and them just like 
needing to know how to structure their day. It's, it's essentially problem solving. And yeah. so in OT school, we're taught different approaches. And a lot of what you see in rehab is like, okay, we're going to teach you the skills. We're going to do this. We're going to hit this goal. We're going to go, 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 go. But the beautiful thing about occupational therapy is this understanding of just, it's not changing right now. Yeah. So what are we going to do? If you aren't going to use, you can't use all those skills right now. You can't use everything you need. You're not progressing. You're not moving forward. It's not one of those like hoo-ha days. Yeah. What are you going to do? You adapt and modify everything else around you to fit what you need that day. So even something as simple as you sitting by yourself and your husband taking the kids to the park. Yeah. That is progress. That is okay. That is still overcoming. And actually it probably was extremely powerful and helpful for you because it gave you the space to do what you needed to do. So then when you come back, you're like, oh yeah, you're not burning yourself out more. You're not, you know, you're not possibly getting shorter with your kids when you're having those harder times, you are taking the space, recognizing what you need for you and saying, it's okay for my day to change. It's okay for my plan to change because I need to put myself first, what I need to do to be able to be there for everyone else. I got to put myself first sometimes. And that means recognizing what has to be different? My routine, if I'm running around and I, you know, I'm not sleeping well, what, what can I prioritize in my routine? What needs to go? What can I delegate? Yeah. What, you know, like what's important today on the day that I can't get out of bed. Okay. Yeah. Is it eating? Probably. Is it, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Is it this to-do list that I know is piling up and I have a week to do, but I have to do it right now. No. Yeah. So it's, it's really the ability to restructure your life and get used to problem solving through this. And as you go more into therapy and like, that's, that's a huge part of what I do in coaching as well is to look at your life and like functionally and see the functional impacts of how trauma shows up in your life. Yeah. And I've even found for me, it helps to have like crisis plans of when this happens, this comes off my plate. When this happens, this is the comforts I need when this, you know what I mean? And just kind of having something set up. So when that day comes, I have everything I need for me. Yeah. I know I tell my people, Hey, there's going to be a code word when I can't really talk much. And I'm like really overwhelmed. Just so you know, that means that I'm having a really hard day and I would need something. And sometimes I can't explain what's happening, but if I'm just like this word, like, you know, it's pineapple day, then they know, okay. You know, so just like setting up systems, setting up your support ahead of time, being proactive, I feel like is so helpful and healing and growing and overcoming because We're not always going to have that. Even if, like you said, like I have all the tools, I can do it, but oh, and that's okay. You don't need it. You can adapt. You can modify your life. You can, you know, you can lay in bed. If you want, you can take a sick day at work. Like, you know, it's the world is not going to stop because you're healing, Yep. but ultimately it's going to keep going and you have to figure out how you can fit in, in the most helpful way for you in that time. Yeah. And not have a lot of that takes, I was going to say a lot of that takes like this idea, this releasing of the guilt and the shame, Mm -hmm. this releasing of the, if I take my sick day, I am lazy and bad and stupid. Actually, what if we reframe that, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because there's a lot of moral insertion of superiority when we just get shit done, when we just do it, Mm -hmm. regardless of how we feel, regardless of if it's a pineapple day, there is a moral hierarchy of, well, I had all this really hard stuff happen to me and I still did it, you know, it's like, well, we're all still doing it. Like we're here. That's, that's what we're here for. Like we're doing it. We're just doing it looks differently. 
for me and it does you. And, um, that's been a really powerful part of my, my, like giving myself credit, I guess my grace, Mm -hmm. my self grace and compassion is recognizing that I, my getting through it looks differently than other people's getting through it. Mm -hmm. Um, and I can use other people as like inspiring ideas, but my Mm -hmm. life and my journey won't look like anyone else's. And it it probably shouldn't either because I'm not them and I don't have all the things they have, you know, your trauma, you, like, I always say like your trauma is as unique as you are because I mean, that's literally the brain, whether or not it processes a trauma has to do with your supports, your, you know, your internal capability to manage something, your external supports, like that depends on how it manifests in your brain and in your body. So, you know, I mean, it is, it's, it's literally that individualized thing. And so when we compare ourselves, that's really harmful to not only ourselves, but you know, it's like, it's, you could get stuck in this like cycle of comparing or, and then you get in this like self gaslighting or, you know, or, or then you like, don't speak up about the things that hurt. It's like, what I believe is like, everyone has dealt deals with what they need to deal with in this life. I just, that's just a personal belief of mine, but it's not to say that like, so my trauma, okay. Like my heavy trauma that is big for me. It's not to say that someone who on the outside looks like they have a perfect life. If something happens to them, it's not to say that that's not going to be as hard for you as, as hard for them as your trauma, your entire life has been right. Because I mean, everything life is perspective. Yep. And, you know, and so it, again, it's as individual as you are, just like you're healing your growth journey. It's as individual yeah. as you are. And you have to Absolutely. learn how to put yourself in the center of it. Yep. And be Which okay is with tricky that. When you've been avoiding yourself mm-hmm. because you have all the heartache, <laughs> it's, like, yes. it's hard to make yourself the center when you don't like to sit with yourself. Let me yes. tell you. <laughs> and then especially the pandemic brought it out for all of us. We're yes. like, why do I have this much time with myself? <laughs> yes. I don't want this. I'm- I'm so tired of being in my feelings all the time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. And and that's that, honestly, I feel like that's a huge part of the reason that we've seen an influx in people remembering their trauma and healing and going back to therapy. We had the the time we were forced to sit down and face it. Isn't that so, oh my gosh, the literal simplicity, but also the power in we had the time Mm -hmm. proves Mm -hmm. that we we were not built to just get over stuff. We were yeah. not made to just process like a machine. We were made to have the mm-hmm. crawl in a hole days. We were made to have the hard days. We were made yeah. to have the code word days. The yep. fact that we're finally giving ourselves that kind of out of necessity and all this stuff is coming up is proof that that's yes. how we're wired. Yes, exactly. I, I absolutely agree that the moment that we give ourselves that space, that's, I mean, it's like, it's cathartically beautiful, right? I mean, yes. it's, it's hard, but it's, it's just the beginning of this deeper understanding of yourself and integrating all of these parts of yourself and being able to say, you know what? I can do this. I can get yeah. through this because the thing is it's there anyways, it's impacting you anyways, whether exactly you whether you awareness or not, or not. Yes. it's there. That was one of my breakthrough moments in therapy pretty early on when I was talking to my therapist, like, um, my therapist knows me really well. Uh, she knows when to push me and when to not push me. Cause there are days where I'm like, no, thank you very yeah. much. And then there are days where I I'm, I'm ready to be pushed. I'm ready to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, and one day she was kind of pushing me and I was like, well, you know, well, and then this happened. And then I felt this way. And I'm like telling her all this stuff. And she's like, so 
Um, either we can talk about it and we can work on it together. If you'd like my help, that's what I'm here to do. Or you can just keep carrying it around with you the way you've been carrying it, but it's still there, whether you choose to focus on it and proactively like integrate tools Mm -hmm. to fix it or to figure it out. And I was like, shut up right now. Like take your degrees and leave. I don't even (laughs) want it. Like the level of disrespect that you just put on me, like it just Jedi mind tricking me like that. Like you're not wrong. Okay. Mm -hmm. Patricia, like, I know I'm not carrying it well, but it's incredible because so much can happen in such a short amount of time. Like I have not even Mm -hmm. been in therapy for a full year and I'm already night and day difference. Like I remember in the beginning telling my therapist that I would never disclose that I was abused and that Mm -hmm. I would never tell my abuser. And I have totally flipped a table on that. And like, I'm rewriting a lot of things and changing a lot of things and like experiencing things as they come up, but letting myself have the freedom to do that has been beautiful. Um, and, and what you said just a minute ago of like learning and recognizing about yourself, there's Mm -hmm. all these parts of ourselves that we can integrate. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been like really relearning who I am and it's been beautiful. There are parts of myself that I didn't know that I didn't Mm -hmm. recognize. And now I'm like, I'm kind of cool. I know, like, right? I like myself. I kind of yeah. really enjoy myself. Yeah. Like, and it's for the longest time, this is what, like I was taught, like, you can't be full of yourself. You have to focus on other people because yeah. if you're full of yourself, that's prideful. And then that makes it all about you. Well, yeah. no, we all have a little, a few narcissistic traits, but it's actually not bad to not hate ourselves. No, not at all. Like newsflash, <laughs> write it, write it in the paper. It's not the worst thing to not hate ourselves. It actually, it's not a slippery slope where Mm -hmm. we start to love Mm -hmm. ourselves and then it becomes all about us. It's actually more like we start to love ourselves and then we uh, love other people better and more Yes, because we have more room for ourselves and we just inherently have more room for other people. It's not this slippery slope of narcissism and like making our life only about us. It's actually a way to include more connection and more light and more love in our lives is absolutely loving ourselves and sitting with ourselves. It's this beautiful thing. I agree. I agree. Oh my gosh. Okay. I could talk about this forever, (laughs) Uh, but I know we can't. So lives, energy, all that stuff. So what I'm thinking to kind of wrap this all up, because I feel like just, just sitting in the shit, like all of the stuff we talked about is so powerful. Yeah. What advice would you give to someone who is just starting and is struggling with just sitting with it? I know I'm throwing the big ones. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing I would say with all my heart, my love, all the energy and goodness that I possess in my body is that this process, this journey that you're starting on is so important because you are important. Yeah. This process will be, and is for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're standing on the edge of this precipice, feeling like you have to do all these things for all these people, you have to heal in all these certain ways, have to meet all these criteria that has to be bad enough that other people justify you, um, work to release that work to let go yeah. of that work to just sit with yourself and say self, because I feel this way, because I'm experiencing this, because this is showing up in my life, it's worth some time. It's worth mm-hmm. some energy. And it, um, it doesn't need to be this big, scary thing where you like change your whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can really just be one step at a time. It really can just be, I'm going to start exploring these things that are coming up. I'm going to start exploring these feelings and these experiences. Maybe I get support 
from therapist or a coach. Maybe I read some books. Maybe I talk to some people I trust. Maybe I don't do any of that. Maybe I just write it down or maybe I just process it, how I process things. But um, it's, if it's showing up, it's worth taking time to, uh, to look into because I am worth the time. Uh, we all have inherent worth because we exist. We have worth. And because we exist, we are loved. That's like mm-hmm. my core belief. I love it. That's what I so true. He'll all die on. Then the other thing, uh, the, the other like big thing I would say to somebody starting out on this journey is you are not alone. Mm-hmm. I guarantee that there are people in your life who you really respect and look up to mm-hmm. who are experiencing or have experienced very similar experiences or life life moments yeah. that you don't know about because they haven't told you. Mm-hmm. Um, you are not alone and there's you're not broken because you aren't seeing other people broadcast that. It's not yes. a you thing actually because other people are not sharing their experiences. It doesn't mean that you're immediately bad, wrong, and alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can let go of that shame. You can flip off that shame. You can throw it out the window. Yep. You can ignore it and sit with the truth that there are so many other people who are doing what you're doing or who have experienced what you've experienced, that you Absolutely. are not alone and that you are in company of a lot of healers. Um, I always refer to healing as rebreaking. That's what healing has felt like to me. Mm. You are in company of rebreakers and of change makers. Like mm-hmm. we're here to do the work and you're not alone. So I like to envision myself standing shoulder to shoulder with some other people that I know. Like mm-hmm. I, I imagine us like literally it's standing in a line, like mm-hmm. on the battlefront, going into fight and I love we're it. Shoulder to shoulder, we're, we're taking each other's strength and we're giving it and taking it and using mm-hmm. it to help each other get through this really hard and heavy process at times. Yes. So you're not yes. alone and you don't have to heal all at once and it doesn't need to be huge. It can just mm-hmm. be what it is. Yeah. And even if those people in your life haven't revealed themselves, there's so many people online in these spaces and these yes. communities now. Come sit with us. Just come sit with us. Come hang out. Come, you know, even if you're just watching silently, just, you know, I've gotten so many random messages. Like I've been a silent follower for so long. And I just have to say, you really helped me today. Absolutely. And I had to tell you, you know, and and those messages are affirming. Like we get those, we hear those, Mm -hmm. you know, like deeply. sometimes those messages are literally why I don't like shut it all down and close my business and say, see you later. So such a fun yes. one and a half years in business. Yes. See you later. Never doing I that literally, again. Like I had that a random really cool. message today that, uh, this, this old guy, I just, whatever. Oh, I saw that. He was like, unfollowed, unfollowed. You're boring. See you later, Patrick. I was like, okay, bye. Uh, was like, but, but I was like, I was like, wow, years ago, I would have been so upset that oh I disappointed my gosh, I someone. Devastated you. Uh-huh. And I was just like, okay, bye. somebody didn't want to be around you or that somebody thought you were boring yeah. or and they went or out of. And what does it say about someone when they go out of their way to send to you tell those you troll that. comments? Uh, like, okay, I'm sorry. You're unhappy and you're trying to bring people down, but like, yeah. I'm good. Thank you. He needs to do work here. That's a very clear indicator that yes. he is hurting. Yes. And like internet trolls and stuff too. That's a, that's a thing, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. but sure. that's a whole thing, but just know <laughs> that like for every internet troll, there's like a hundred people behind Oh, you. for sure. Like if, if we were to mathematically do the ratio, it's probably like literally one to a hundred. I'm not even kidding. Yes. Yeah. So I'm just sure. See I'm you later sure. to those few and come sit and by a lot the of those, hundreds. And those people aren't ready to sit with it. So they're being defensive yes. and taking it out on you. Remember yeah. that. Exactly. The more authentically you sit with it and you're, you know, you're shining everything about it, 
the more people are going to be against you. And sometimes it's your family to be completely yes. honest. It's hard. Um, yep. it's part of the process, but you just got to set boundaries and remember you're doing exactly what you need to do. And yep. you know, it, it gets easier. It's yep. never done, but it does get easier. Yep. Exactly. Every time you do it. So never done work in progress. Yes. Healing, heal, healed. Yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, so if people want to get in contact, you contact with you, I know you said you have a podcast, go off girl. What's going on? Oh my gosh. So you can find me on Instagram. That's where I, um, show my face the most, (laughs) uh, hello. Emily Stearman is my Instagram handle. You can also find my podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's called speaking to shame. Um, we just celebrated a thousand downloads, super excited, growing, um, 2022 has some incredible growth in it. We're going to flip shame off and say, see you later sucker. So I love it. Um, and then you can also email me, uh, M at hello, Emily Stearman.com. I, really love getting emails. I love getting Instagram DMS. I read them all. I mm-hmm. respond to them all. I will always do that. No matter how much growth my business occurs and accrues, I will always be here for you. Um, I also am speaking at a few conferences this upcoming nice. year. I'm speaking at thriving women's conference in San Antonio, Texas, which you can, cool. um, find online. You can find me on Instagram and find all my conference updates. If you just want to follow me there. Um, I'm hosting some workshops this upcoming year to help you with your shame, mm-hmm. help you with your trauma, help you sit in the shit a little bit better. So mm-hmm. um, I'm out here, I'm working. I would love to connect with you and I am so ready to help you release your shame. And um, thank you so much, Taylor, for having me, yeah, for talking about overcoming, because this is, this is real. It's happening and it's not going away because we're not talking about it. So let's no. talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. See, I told you we just, we're just so aligned. It's fine. I was like, <laughs> yes. we just got to make this happen. I just know yes. this is supposed to happen. Just trust so the wonderful. vibes. Always exactly. trust the vibes. <laughs> yes. Immaculate vibes are immaculate. I Always learned that immaculate. I'm, I'm a millennial and I learned that from a Gen Z or they said the vibes are immaculate. And now I just keep saying it. My husband keeps going, honey, <laughs> we're too old for this. We have life. We have a life insurance and retirement plan. You can't say the vibes are immaculate. You pulled out a chin hair the other day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose for myself and the vibes are immaculate. So yeah, join us. Let your vibes be immaculate too. Absolutely. And even when they're not, they still are. <laughs> Remember that. Oh, oh man. Thank you so much for having You're me. So it was so welcome. Much. It was a pleasure. Definitely make sure anyone will connect with you and, you know, go check out her podcast, go, you know, yeah. and, You'll be entertained endlessly on the Instagram too. So definitely check that out. And you know, just there's some really cool people in this space. Just open your mind, start connecting with people, reach out, send a message. Except we we read them all. I try to respond to them all. I haven't been able to keep up with all of them. However, you know, just we internalize all the stuff and just appreciate it. Yes, for sure. We hear it. We're here for it. And thank you. Always. All right, everyone. Thank you again to Emily for joining us. And I hope you all have whatever day feels right for you. Um, you know, make sure to share this with people who need to some support understanding it's okay to sit in the shit. Cause this conversation is one of those that just needs to be amplified. I feel like it's not talked about enough. So absolutely. Thank you again for joining and I will see you. you all next time. All right. Bye. Bye.
Did you like what you heard? Spread the word. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to share, like, comment, write a review. Connect with us deeper on Instagram at SOS with Dr. Taylor. And all services are on my website at survivorsovercomingsilence.com. I am just so thrilled and honored to hold this space with you all. And thank you so much for listening.